Welcome to the Gravity Technique podcast. My name is Kaz and I'm the creator of the Gravity Technique, which is a bridge between the face-meltingly boring science world and the practical application of how your body actually works. I've spent 20 years researching anatomy and movement so you don't have to, and this podcast is where I deep dive into debunking, de-jargoning and myth-busting some of our most common ailments. So if you're ready to feel empowered and take responsibility for your own health and well-being, let's get started. Hello. So this week, I've been away for a while. Um, I've been away for quite a long while, actually. My mum just had back surgery. She had a spinal fusion uh, a few weeks ago. We have waited a really, really, really long time for this event. So in the UK, we have quite long wait list times. So she's been putting up with quite a lot of sciatic pain, hip pain, Um, and quite high levels of discomfort for quite a long time so it's kind of a it's a d-day that we've um, that we've come to to get finally get her through the surgery and and out the other side and just going through the process with her has really brought home to me why I do what I do why you'll find me in these episodes on my soapbox so much of the time, why it's so important for me to share the word that we really do need to educate ourselves on how our body works, that we really do need to put the work in to keep ourselves as fit and as healthy as we possibly can be, for us to really feel empowered to take responsibility for our health and well-being as much as we possibly can, how important that is. Um, but it also took me down the road of, you know, I work with a lot of people, a lot of my clients um, are post-surgery. So whilst, you know, I love to work in surgery prevention, that's my speciality is hip and knee surgery prevention. Um, actually, a lot of the time um, I'm working in rehabilitation. So people that have already had the surgery. And what this got me into was thinking about a few clients that I've been working with um, recently um, and then a client that really changed the game for me a few years ago when he told me that his surgery wasn't the magic bullet he thought it was going to be. He thought he was going to have this surgery and the pain would go away and everything would be fine. He'd live happily ever after. And sadly for him, that wasn't the case. And when he um, came to me a couple of years after his surgery, he was looking at, you know, more surgery, which he didn't want to do. But he felt like he was on this kind of slippery slope to, you know, more surgery. And then where did that lead to? And then more surgery. And where does that lead to? So there was kind of that you know, he felt very stuck. He felt very disempowered at the time. And then going through this process with mum has really brought this kind of back to me again. That, again, she's had this surgery that has got her to the point of pain-free, but there's no real provision in place. There's nobody asking the why. And this is something that we really do here at the Gravity Technique. And it's something that, you know, when I was at school... The big joke is, you know, when I was at school, I was always getting into trouble for this stuff. I was curious. 
I had questions. I wanted to know why. I never took anything at its face value. Um, I always wanted to follow the why all the way down. And it's the same for what we do here um, at TGT is, you know, we follow the why. I'm quite sure that discs do not just spontaneously wear themselves out. I'm quite sure that hips and knees, the joints of the body, if your body is a highly intelligent, self-healing organism, it will not spontaneously combust. Um, So there must be something behind that. But the sticking plaster system that we have, where we just patch our bodies up and then just keep going without making any fundamental changes to how we're moving or our day-to-day activities, I believe is really leading us down um, into some trouble because we need to, we really need to be looking at the original body, how we are born to move. And we are born to move. We're hardwired for it, in fact. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. When we're born... Nobody tells us to bang our heels on the floor and start arching our back with a view to flipping over onto our tummies. You know, nobody tells the baby, start banging your heels now. This exercise is your psoas, by the way. Um, And then, you know, it helps you to get onto your front and then you do some more core strengthening exercises and that brings you up to standing. So it's already hardwired in there. So with this in mind, when we look at how these things happen in our later life. And these surgeries, these injuries, these pains and aches and pains all seem to start to appear around a certain point in our lives, certainly in our 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s is when, you know, in our midlife, if you want to call it that, is when these um, issues start to really become a problem for us. I do believe there is a problem with our levels of disconnect. We're not listening to our bodies at all. Um, I recently had a post uh, released where there was a um, an advert for some painkillers and it said, you provide the yoga class, we'll provide the painkillers. So this real societal drive towards just masking the problem, take some painkillers, um, you know, rub some gel on it, whatever it is, and just keep going. And particularly, you know, here in the UK, we have this whole ethos behind stiff upper lip, keep calm and carry on. And no pain, no gain is another one that I see a lot of. I did see a a fitness wear company some years ago, no pain, no champagne, um, which led to a very stiff email from me to their marketing department because it's all this promotion of just putting up with your pain, masking it with something and hoping that it will go away. And I hear this a lot. I hear this so much from clients that I work with. I just thought it would go away. Why would it go away? Your body is talking to you all the time. It has a language all of its own and If we stop, if we reconnect with our bodies and we listen, we can hear our body talking to us. It's telling you what you need and what it doesn't need all the time. But it's being conditioned out of us that we know better. And again, we have a um, medical 
trying to think of the right words, but, you know, we have a medical professional system where, yes, we have huge technological advances in medical science. We have, you know, great ways that we can intervene and it's keeping us alive for much, much longer than it was before. So whilst these advances are wonderful and have their place, it's also promoting this I know better um, and a level of disconnect. We're not trusting our bodies to be able to self-heal. We're intervening far earlier than we need to rather than giving ourselves an opportunity to follow the why, find out, you know, we've got a symptom, our symptom in our world is pain. So we've got some chronic joint pain or we've got some sharp pains in, say, in the knee. That is a symptom, but 99% of the time it is not the cause So we have to go and find out the cause. I was talking to someone a few days ago about knee pain um, and, you know, having your knee replaced. If the knee joint is damaged, but absolutely have it replaced. If it's damaged beyond uh, its ability to heal itself, absolutely have it replaced. The same with the hip. It doesn't mean that we negate surgery completely. But if it's running on a faulty walking gait, If you're walking on flat feet, if you've got high insteps, if you've got bunions, if you've got plantar fasciitis, if you've got problems with your feet, then you will just keep replacing the joints um, up above that over and over again. Because until you fix the root cause, which is how you are walking, the joints above cannot support themselves properly. And I hope this is making sense. And it is slightly controversial. I had a message this morning um, from a, a client who's onboarding at the moment saying, you know, she's, she's, uh, her family are, are receiving her choice with some scepticism. And absolutely, yes, by all means, be sceptical be skeptical about what we're talking about here because it does fly in the face of everything that we've been taught. And the same as if I come back to mum's surgery again, she, if she's lucky, she'll have six sessions with a physio, which will focus on some strengthening exercises. But after that, she's not prompted or encouraged to develop um, a strong core functioning system. She's not encouraged to do appropriate exercise. She's not encouraged to look after her new, you know, the new metal work that's in her spine. There's all this stuff going on. It really is. And this is my experience from my own surgery as well, though this was, you know, many decades ago now. But it was a real thanks for popping in. We've done our job. Off you go. You look after yourself now, which is great because we do want to go off and look after ourselves. But equally, there is a real lack of education So many people that I see through the doors of TGT come in and say, I know I'm supposed to be doing something. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And when we're not taught how our bodies work, when we're not taught how to appropriately respond to and look after our bodies, we're all then on a slippery slope of handing out our health and our bodies to a third party. And allowing them to take responsibility for us. And a lot of those interventions are just a sticking plaster. They give you the window of opportunity. You know, with for mum and for this client, we needed the surgery to get them to a pain-free state where then we could intervene and get the work started. And you can't do that when you're 
you know, when you're in severe pain. You can't do that if a joint is damaged um, beyond its ability to heal itself. So we do have to get ourselves to a window of opportunity where we can intervene. But I think it's really important, that's what I wanted to bring across in this episode, that surgery and operations are just the first step. They're a step towards a pathway that you now have to go go down because your body is requesting that you respond appropriately. Your body is requesting support. And rather than masking that with our painkillers and our injections and all of those other bits and pieces... I was talking about steroid injections a couple of weeks ago with a client um, and they said, you know, I only have three months pain free. The steroid injection gives you 12 weeks pain free if it works. For some it doesn't, for, for some it does. But if you've got 12 weeks pain free, use that window of opportunity to look at what on earth your body's up to. How long are you sitting at the desk for? How long are you standing on the shop floor for? How long are you driving for? And what shapes is your body adopting while you're in these prone positions? Um, looking at your day-to-day activities, how are you playing squash or tennis? Is it useful or are you loading the knees too much? Are we doing any kind of strength training? And the conversation around strength training for women now, particularly as we go into perimenopause and menopausal age and the hormone shifts in the body, the conversations around the importance of strength training and actually getting some work in. And this isn't you know, floating up and down the pool once a week or, you know, spending 10 minutes on the cross trainer poggling away. This is actually getting some sort of getting a sweat on um, and starting to to build up to some weights. And that is a build up. And in my own, if you've listened to those podcast episodes, you know, I was talking a lot about starting on my own strength training journey which was about 14 15 months ago now and when I started because I'd been very poorly uh, previously I hadn't you know I'd really my health had gone quite badly downhill so when I started doing um, the uh, body hit workouts and started to lift weights my cardio was shocking absolutely shocking I was not uh, you know very red-faced needing a crash team for one um, looking like I was going to have some sort of breathing issue imminently and I was only lifting a half kilo weight that's 500 grams that's about the same as your baked bean tin or your chopped tomatoes so you start where you are and you do what you can with what you have and that can be really really small and really really light and then after about six months, I started to lift a little bit heavier and a little bit heavier. I just celebrated jumping from three kilos to five kilos, which in some worlds is still very light. And for other people, you'll be there thinking, good grief, how do you know, where do I even start with that? But this is building up over time. It's really interesting and important to note that you can only build muscle in six week increments. I know that there's lots of bold claims out there about, you know, if you have these protein shakes, if you eat this way, if you do this exercise, that you can build things faster. You can't. You absolutely can't. You It's six-week increments, there or thereabouts, for you to build muscles. And also it's understanding, and I've said this in previous episodes, that this is a, a marathon, not a sprint. There's no six-week challenges here. These are skills for life. 
So if you are in the window of opportunity with your steroid injection or if you are looking at surgery and you need that to happen because it's going to get you to that pain-free state, there is nothing wrong with that at all. But I think what we really do need to look at and start to shift is this mindset around the magic bullet theory that if I have this done, then it's going to fix everything. And then I sit back on my laurels and I do nothing. That's that's not how your body works. Your body is designed to move and it should be moving every day, whether that's a walk around the block to a body hit session in the gym or your online classes, whatever it is. And of course, that comes with appropriate um, eating and staying out at this. I'm going to talk to myself here more than uh, you guys um, staying out of the snack cupboard. So when we feel stressed, and this is a different episode all com- completely, but when we feel stressed, I'm definitely a stressy eater. A friend of mine said, oh, no, when I'm stressed, I don't eat a thing. When I'm stressed, I hit up the snack cupboard like there is no tomorrow. I could just open the door and empty the contents in my face. It's not a good habit. And I have to check that quite ha- quite heavily. But I hope this is useful. So when you're thinking about where do I start Start with what, start where you are, do what you can, start small. If it's just a walk around the block, it's enough, but just get moving and go into your interventions intelligently. This isn't to say that we can't have surgery or we don't condone it, but go in eyes wide open. And if you need to head over to gravitytechnique.com forward slash links, you can pop in here for a chat. We talk a lot. I talk a lot with my clients about making informed decisions. You know, a, a large part of what TGT does is an education piece. When we understand how our bodies work, when we understand why we need this surgery and what it's going to do for us, then we can make informed decisions going forwards. And sometimes it's just nice to have somebody holding your hand who's been there before, who knows what's going on and just helps you to feel a bit more confident about what's going to happen going forward and how you're going to manage yourself well. So here's to being empowered, taking responsibility for our own health um, And I hope that you found this useful. So please subscribe, please share, please like us so that we don't slide into the podcast ether. And uh, thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate you. Take care.